Welcome to Q&A, a deeper dive with Sam Holm and other guests as we dig deeper into the sermon content each week. Awesome, and we are glad you're joining us. I'm Mark Presley, and you're listening to A Deeper Dive, as I just said in that little intro, but I'm sitting here with Sam, and uh, we start back up in the new year, so I'd encourage you to go back. If you're just joining us for the first time on this podcast, go back, catch up on some of those other ones. We walked through Romans. We're now in the Gospel of Mark, and this is kind of the start of about five weeks of a special part of the podcast, um, and we'll get to that, but uh, just to jump ahead a little bit, we, in Sunday, Sam kind of introduced this multiply project, and I'll use that word. He may have a better word for it, but multiply project. He kind of casts some vision for where the church is going, the future. Actually, your three points, he, Sam Holm is with me, Pastor, and uh, welcome. I should say that. Welcome. I wanted to say it. How that was like your Jesus voice, because if you've ever heard Sam preach sometimes. Now, I was kind of, not to recap the sermon for you, but I was making fun of you because you were a little nervous on doing your Jesus voice this week, so you kind of half did your Jesus voice. It was like half Jesus voice. So I've been told that, you know, I like to cover my mouth when it's Jesus or God in the text, but I've been told when there's a lot of text when it's Jesus or God and I keep doing that, then it becomes distracting. So I just introduced his speaking by covering my mouth, but well, I didn't keep I going. I think if I throw the replay for flag, you actually covered your mouth and then talked in a normal voice. It, but it, it, it gave the effect, right? Yes, maybe. 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 if they're <laughs> Unless they're listening to the audio version of that. But again, if you want to recap that sermon or, or go back, catch up on that sermon or some of the vision stuff we're going to talk about in this podcast, um, the Multiply stuff, that is out there online, uh, firstmckinney.com slash on demand. We are taking questions, not just about Mark, but about Multiply. And uh, we got one in this week. We'll, I'll ask that one to you, and then we have some other stuff just to kind of go a little deeper on Multiply and on uh, Mark chapter 3, that or chapter 4, sorry, that we were in. But um, you can always text QUESTION to 96123 to do that. It'll give you a prompt. Follow that prompt, send in the questions, and we'll, we'll address that here in this podcast. Um, and not just for the five weeks as we go future too on this thing. But Sam, why don't you take a moment? Oh, I didn't say like and share this, but a new one, uh, just because I was listening to another podcast, is rate and review us. Be sure to uh, to live, leave a little review. I think you can do that on Spotify if that's where you're listening. And it, it just helps. It's not for us, but it helps that other people find this podcast. So that's kind of our reason why. And we've walked through a podcast of why we want to do that. But back to Mark chapter 4, great, great, as I say every week great book of the Bible for some strange reason. Right, Mark, that you yes. would think that. Yes. Someone yes. did dare me, I think I said this last week, but to write uh, the gospel according to Mark Presley on the uh, on your little and TV. And you to do it. No, and I probably won't, because this I've put up multiply for this five weeks, but you never know. Okay. So this week, yes, we were in Mark 4, Parable of the Sower, and the seed. And really neat for me to watch the way that God kind of lined up the passage that we had scheduled a year ago to walk through with what we were going to get to talk about related to our church. And so I kicked it off by really asking, what's the future for the gospel? Talking about some of the cultural stuff that we're all seeing right now. Future of the gospel for the church, because if we're a gospel-centered church, what does that mean for us and then for you? Because if you're part of our church, you are, right, the church. 
So we jumped in and we saw that Jesus gave this parable and then explains it to his disciples, and he was facing opposition like the disciples really had never seen. He had, just in the chapter prior, had seen the religious leaders conspiring against him to destroy him, accusing him of being Satan, his own family trying to arrest him and thinking he was out of his mind. And, and he says... Here's the future of the gospel. Some is, some are going to reject the gospel. Some The seed is going to fall on path, hard ground, and they're going to reject the gospel. Some are going to go through tribulation, and because of tribulation trouble, they're going to walk away from the gospel. The gospel is not going to continue to look like it's even around in their life. Uh, there's some seed, as he tells this sower in the seed parable, that it was going to grow up and look like it's going to produce fruit, but it's going to be choked out by thorns, the distraction of the the cares of the world, the riches, stuff that money can buy, the things that you and I might pursue in our lives. And so it looks like it's a really bad future for the gospel. The future for the gospel is, right, rejection, tribulation, distraction. And what we're seeing in our world right now is not a surprise to Jesus, right? He, Even when he was here walking on earth, there were people around him rejecting what he was bringing. Uh, there was trouble that was going to come in the lives of people and cause them to walk away. Distraction. The rich young ruler we're going to see in a few weeks uh, didn't follow Christ because his money was too important to him. Does that mean the gospel has a bad future? No, not at all. Uh, he says that someone's going to find good soil. The gospel's going to find good soil, and there's going to be this radical supernatural multiplication that is going to happen from that soil. There's, there's going to be a crop that's going to produce 15 times as the normal amount on a high end is 5 to 15 times, but he says, no, 30, 60, 100 times multiplication, like 10,000% return uh, for the good soil of, of life. And, and so that, that's what he says is the future for the gospel. I didn't actually talk. I'm going to dive a little deeper right now. Okay. I didn't talk much about this on Sunday, but how, I mean, it's evident as we watch, especially in our culture right now in the United States, the response to the gospel of those first three. But as you look at the world in the last 100 years, more people have come to faith in Christ in the last 100 years than in the, the first 1,900 years after Jesus. Like we are seeing right now in the world this play out, radical supernatural multiplication. We're seeing disciple-making movements that are taking place in countries that are closed to the gospel where the gospel is new to the country, and it's taking off like wildfire, like we're seeing multiplication. So then we ask, what would that look like for us as a church? How, how if we are good soil, what could that be for us? <clears throat> Excuse me. And we kicked off this season, and I'm really excited about this season, uh, talking about multiplication in our church. What would it look like for us? We believe that God has called us, like he calls his disciples, the good soil in Jesus' life, to follow me, and I will make you fishers of men, that, to multiply relationships that you and I are around other people that God wants to fish for through our lives, right? That he wants to lead to follow Christ. That, that I think the culture around us is bored because we've been taught just coming to church is the win. Now, it's much more than just coming to church. Yes, come to church, that's important, but but we want to, the win is as us seeing the love of Jesus in and through our life for his glory, his, his words to his disciples when he left, go and make disciples of all nations. So multiply relationships, multiply churches, right, to reach more people in our city, in our nation, 
and around the world. If, if the church, the gathering of the believer is important so that he can send us out, we want to help do that in our area. We told a story about Cadence Church that we put on the ground recently. We want to do that more for our city. Even here, we want to send people. It's our vision for growth, and we are growing. Praise God. We want to send people out from our church to plant churches. And then finally, we talked about not just multiplying, again, relationships, discipleship, churches, but also multiplying environments. We talked about something that initially for me was a hurdle. Uh, as I saw it, I saw it as an obstacle. Uh, it was something I didn't really want to jump into, um, but I now genuinely see it as an opportunity. And that is that our youth building was 100 years old and is literally rotting. The, our youth building is not 100 years old. I'm sorry. 50. What? Thank you. Please correct me when I say yes, stuff that yes, I don't yes. even think. <laughs> This happens just, in my life. You're on a roll here, so yeah. I was letting I was letting you go. Let me let me back up a little. Yes, because you're you're talking so fast and and you're excited about this, which is a good thing. Yes, back up. But in his sermon, he he broke it down as um, uh, the future of the gospel, the church, and you. Mm-hmm. And he's on the the future of the church, and that's mm-hmm. kind of this whole multiply thing. Let me set yeah. some groundwork. Yes, good. Hey, just in case they were not at the service or or haven't kind of heard up to this point, and. Part of this multiply project, multiply initiative, whatever, um, the words multiply, and I just want to put another itching to put another word after it, but it's really, it's it's about three things, and that's what you were saying, relationships, mm-hmm. uh, churches, mm-hmm. and then you're going to get into environments, and, and it sounds like semantics, but it really isn't just a building. Right. It's those three things. Yes. Um, which... Others would say are semantics, but it's really that. And you you just talked about relationships yep. and how really it's about multiplication, not addition. And that's mm-hmm. coming up, and we have a big X on the stage. Yep. Uh, you can play a game of I Spy with your kids and try to find it because uh, it'll move around. Yeah. Um, but that X, he's going to show that it's, not, it's about multiplication, not addition. That yeah. if you just go out and reach one person at a time, it takes – it'll take – I think sixteen thousand. Well, we've we've used it. If we could reach a thousand people a day, which is about how much our sanctuary would fill, like it would take sixteen thousand years to reach the world. But if you can reach someone who then reaches someone, and and that yeah. multiplication goes out from there, that it's it's so much faster. Correct. Yeah. Which is back to where we were a little behind the scenes. Sam plans out his sermons. Now, we don't always follow that plan, but he plans them out. He takes a retreat, plans them out for the year, works through. Like we know we'll we'll hopefully be in Daniel yep. coming after Easter, and then we have him even planned through the fall. And he these just lined up, and he kept talking about that in the sermon. They lined up perfectly that he was in Mark the next two weeks for sure about multiplication. Next week we're looking at yep. Mark 5 and feeding of the— Four thousand, five thousand. It's it's in there, but in two different chapters. Yeah. Um. Actually, in all the gospels. But I'm talking too much about this. But that kind of sets where we are. And he's now to the youth building that. Yeah. It's not a hundred. I think it was built in the '70s as the original worship center. Um. I was baptized in. That I don't. I don't know why I said a hundred. Like so, this will happen for me sometimes. Yeah. Where I'll say something that I don't even think because I'm thinking ahead. Well, right? you were kind of so, exaggerating. Yeah. It's not a hundred years old. I wasn't but trying to even. I can't do the quick it's like math. Fifty-ish years yeah, old. Yes. Seventy-six, I think. I and someone that was alive then could probably correct me. But right. And it it at the time had a little modern architecture, which yeah. has proven over the years to create some problems. So pick it up from there. Yes. With the fifty-year-old building. So the, 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 the roof is leaking. The walls are literally rotting. You can pull the two-by-fours out with your hands when the walls are open. The, the, we are in plumbing issues that some of you have experienced on a bad week when you walk Another through Another game of I Spy. Try to find the 
90 degree angles in that building. There are none. Yeah, there you They're go. all, again, the 70s, some weird architecture there, but yeah. It's very uniquely designed. But in addition to that, we have chillers that cool much of our campus and cool the rock as part of our campus that have a 15-year life expectancy and they're 29 years old. And chillers are, we use that term a lot. It's yeah. the HVAC, it's the air conditioner. It's more yeah. than that. That's right. Uh, if someone's an HVAC yeah. specialist, they'll correct us. But it has to do with the air conditioning. Yeah. So our executive committee that's been leading the church has been having the conversation for a few years now saying, hey, we need to do something about this and brought in a team to look at it and help us understand what's the best way for us to steward the building. And it was really uh, for the for the betterment of the future of our church, we actually need to put a different building on the ground and get rid of that one. So that's the conversation that's being had right now. But we want you to know, like, it's not, we're not talking about a building. We're talking about a mission that happens through a building. And that, that youth, the youth ministry, you grew up through the youth ministry. You have kids in the youth ministry. So do I. It's a critical part of the multiplication that happens in and through our church, the disciple making that, that we are. Uh, so it's, it's a unique opportunity for us to invest in all three of those things, the disciple making through our relationships, the church planting and our missions, and the environment that we need to invest in right now. And so that's what we presented to the church and the you part. And I shared some of my stories inviting us to be part of that. And the you was really, he, he listed too, so I'd encourage you to go back and read that, uh, read the sermon, yeah. uh, watch the sermon, listen to the sermon. And it was basically enjoy the moment. Yeah. And the second one, pray and obey, pray and obey. Yeah. And, uh, that, I don't know when you're listening to this, but we are going to start a 21 day prayer fast, mm-hmm. um, starting February, we got a question related, to February that. 2nd. Um, and that'll go through to Ash Wednesday, February 22nd. Why not the first? Well, then it'd be 22 days. So there's something special about 21 days. So we did February 2nd to February 22nd, and hope we're going to have an Ash Wednesday service. Hope you join us for that. Love it. But let's let's jump in. Yeah. Kind of longer on the recap than Sorry, we wanted yeah. to. And it was a lot of details this week. Okay. I do want to address, we, we received one question, and we want to be honest with the people who send those questions in. You showed some renderings. There weren't, there were two or three, and renderings are renderings. It, it probably is not what it's going to look like, but in the rendering, Grant Bird is wearing a tie, and we received the question. You even said Grant would wear a tie if if we built that building. So, will Grant wear a tie? <laughs> so, I think I think the words I said at the beginning, and for those of you that have now all the print up stuff that we've got, uh, renderings mean it's not going to look like that. And so, I was saying, hey, for proof that this is not the way it's going to look. Look in this rendering. The guy up front, Grant Bird in the youth building, has a tie on. Um, and so, yeah, now I, if, if Grant wears a tie, it's either bad news because it's a funeral or it's really good news because it's a wedding. But other than that, I don't think you're going to see Grant in a tie. Okay. Well, there we go. We answered. <laughs> but if you do have questions, again, text question 96123. And we just want to be open and honest. I know also uh, we're going to have an FAQ time after the second service in our theater this week. I want you to be part of that, but we've worked up, I've worked up a couple questions for Sam to just kind of answer, to get, dig a little deeper uh, about this. And also kind of, it, it works hand in hand with what we discussed in the Mark four and the, it's called the parable of sower. It should be parable of the soils as Justin said the other day, cause it's really soils. Um, but, uh, let me start with this first one. What should I do if I feel like distraction has choked out the faith of someone I love? And let's jump back into Mark 3 before we go to that. Yeah. So let's dive a little deeper there. In the third soil, Jesus says that some of the seed is going to fall in the thorns, 
and the thorns will grow up and choke it out. And then when he describes and explains it to his disciples, he said the ones that are thrown among thorns are the ones who hear the word, but the cares of the world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the desires for other things enter in and choke out the word, and it proves unfaithful. So this question, I think, is pointing us to that soil, and I think it is the soil that we face most right now in McKinney, Texas. Like, we we have around us so many things that will distract us, either money or the things money can buy or even trying to accumulate money. If you have a friend, if you have a loved one, you have a child, you have a parent uh, that you feel like is being choked out by that, uh, here's what what I would recommend, pray. Uh, And then uh, not to say that's not important. I mean, pray is, I think, the most important thing that you can do for anyone you know and love to pray for the supernatural work of God to work in their life. Um, if, if I would add anything to that, uh, it would be maybe you can set an example of weeding out your own life. Uh, if there are things in your life that maybe you're over-focused on that are a distraction for you, or maybe in your past, if you've seen that, uh, being able to share your own story of how you have uh, Jesus. He talks about uh, my life group uh, is right now walking through a stewardship curriculum, and one of the questions we have here relates to that. Um, but we were talking about the 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 Jesus's words in Matthew, where he says, "Don't store up for yourself treasure on earth, treasure treasure in heaven, because where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Like your heart will follow your treasure." And so maybe you can set an example for them in the, the way that you weed out some of the distractions in your life by investing those distractions and things that have an eternal impact. Um, yeah. So uh, one of the questions you just addressed is, why, why is my life group talking about stewardship if we're talking about it in the big church also? Yeah. So we don't often ask our life groups to walk through the same thing that we're doing in our services Uh, We asked our life groups to do this last fall because we believe genuinely the goal for our church is to make disciples who live in love like Jesus. And so at the end of this project, if we uh, have people that give and we get the money in the bank, but we haven't grown to be more like Christ through this process, then we lose, right? But if in the end, if we don't get the money, but we've grown to be more like Christ, we actually win. And so if we're, if we're going to talk about something that Jesus talks a lot about as a church in a way that has a, a really a prominent stage for us right now, we thought, hey, let's let's not let's not just talk about money. Let's talk about why Jesus talks about money, and and let's let's pray for God to do something in our lives and in our hearts as we walk through this, so that we can grow to be more like Christ. And that's happening. In my, and my, we gave this morning. We we have these fun awards that we give out to people. We gave out to our groups team, uh, clutch award, uh, just because of all the different conversations that we've heard of late, related to people who've talked with their students and their kids in my own home, uh, and then also in our life groups getting to have these conversations with our spouse. Uh, we're excited about growing to be more like Christ in this process. And it's it's not, well, I guess they are life groups, but it's not just life groups. It's the uh, children and youth are also having, and it's their version of life groups, but they're having those same conversations. Yeah. There's just something about when the organization all comes together yes. and we're all talking about the same thing. And in, in your life group, in the youth share groups, in children's group, they, they have some more time to discuss it too. And you have a chance to get feedback of what you're studying and share that with others kind of doing life together. 
beyond just Sunday morning yeah, uh, and Sunday morning worship and, and preaching and that kind of stuff, yeah. right? And Jesus, again, Jesus talked about it all the time, and he was a nomad, right? He didn't have his—he's lived with Peter often. He apparently had a nice garment that people were going to—but, like, he wasn't, he wasn't out to get people's money. Uh, he was out to get their hearts, right? And, and so, like, as we have this conversation, uh, Jesus wants something for us not just something from us. If there's a financial need, he's, he's wanting to, to do something in our life as we walk through it. And earlier this morning, we had our devotion time as a staff. We have a chapel time, and we pray. Literally, Randy Moreland will bring up a prayer list, and, and we pray for people. You might be on that list, and we prayed for you this morning by name. Um, the whole staff comes together. There's devotion. Uh, I got the chance to do it this morning on— With colors. With colors, with crayon. How do you say crayons? Crowns? Crowns? No, crayons. Okay, just checking. Oh, I didn't know uh, if your East Texas came out and it was crowns. <laughs> I don't know if I've ever heard somebody say that. That's how Andrew says it. Crayons? No, no, no. Yeah, I know people that say crowns. Have a discussion amongst yourself. Crowns or crayons? Oh my goodness. Anyways, um, back to where we were. You talked about how, um, and the question specific, and then I want you to elaborate more on this is, what if I don't have a lot of money? How can I help with this project? And you talked about how um, raising, it's not about raising money, how it's about encountering God. Yeah. So go yeah. into a little bit of that. Yeah, and so I would say uh, not fully it's not about raising money. Like I, we uh, unapologetically right now, we have a need, and, and our youth building is, is rotting, and it will cost our church more in the long run if we don't do something about it. And so we're inviting the church into a time of sacrifice. And there are some people in our church right now that have the ability to make a gift that would transform the project. Uh, and that's uh, we're, we're praying that that would happen, right? Uh, but the most important thing is that we grow to be more like Christ. And, and I think of the widow's mite story where Jesus tells his disciples that that girl that drops in those two mites was actually investing more when you talk about kingdom terms. And so even if you don't have a lot of money, you have the opportunity to be part of this project by just contributing, uh, praying, obeying God in response to that as he would lead you to give. And uh, and you get to be an investor in the kingdom. We'll see next week as we, uh, we're we going to see the, the story of Jesus feeding 4,000 and 5,000. How does he do that? He does that with a really small offering of this little kid's lunch of five loaves and two fish, right? And he multiplies it, right, to, to meet needs. And so even if you don't have a lot of money, we want to invite you to go through the process and you can be part of this. And, and in the kingdom's eyes, if you don't have a lot of money, you, you actually can be a huge part of it if you look at the way that Jesus taught it. And, and we haven't quite talked about it. It is, a, if you're a parent out there, and parent, you could have kids in college, older. If you're a parent, it's a great opportunity to have those conversations about stewardship, about we were talking about life groups, but we would love for those to be taking place around the kitchen table. You know, uh, if you're a grandparent, have those conversations. It's a great way to raise up the next generation because this project really is, we save relationships, churches, environments. There's a big component about the next generation. Yeah. How great is it we have an opportunity to teach them ahead of time. Yeah. So one other thing I'd point out as I dive deeper actually into the text, uh, some of you that aren't in our church and you're listening to this related to, it was interesting for me to see this week that the fruit that comes from the good soil isn't all equal, but it's all good soil. There was the 30-fold, 60-fold, 100-fold. 
Uh, so you might think that you, oh, I'm, I'm an hundredfold gift, and you're probably not. <laughs> if that's the way you think, in your prideful posturing, you actually may be a Pharisee with a hard heart. Um, but it, it, the, 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 the good soil doesn't always have equal fruit, uh, but the good soil all gets to see multiplication. It was I from the teaching, and, and I found it interesting as we studied ahead of time and even studying for this, plant, tree, whatever it was, grew in three of the four. It was yes. a hard path that didn't grow. Now, there were reasons it did not survive, yeah. but it grew. There was an opportunity for it to grow in all of them. Mm-hmm. You know, And you said it at the end of your sermon, uh, that that good soil, you were referring to Justin, so we'll give him credit here, but that good soil takes work. Mm-hmm. It doesn't just happen. It, ta- it takes work. Yeah. yeah, he said, how do you know if you're a good soil? I have it in my notes in front of me. You're busy pulling up the weeds. I thought it was a good, cool quote from Justin. So, uh, okay, back to multiply just for a second and and some very specifics. And I'd love to, even in the coming weeks, dive into a little more of these. And then I want to end with kind of a thing about fasting. So hang with us. I know we're going a little longer than we normally do. But specific question has come in, and it's, you keep addressing the rock and then it needs to be fixed or it, it's falling down, the weird angles, all that. It's mm-hmm. boards are rotten, all that kind of stuff. It's still safe for kids to be in, but mm-hmm. we need to start addressing that. But why do we need to do it now if construction costs are high and there's possibility of recession mm-hmm. and all that? Why now? Yeah. So the executive committee, and thank you to those that have served us in this way. I mean, hours and hours and hours of time and prayer people that know um, uh, what's going on in our culture, the people that our church has uh, elected to be in these roles love Jesus, and uh, and then they are also wise business leaders. Um, they've had this conversation until we're blue in the face, right? Uh, it does not look like construction costs are going to decrease significantly. They have leveled out and actually have gone down slightly of late. Uh, so that we don't anticipate, and those that look at construction in our country right now don't anticipate this being like, hey, if we'd wait five years, it could be 50% less. Like, that's that's not what we're looking at. Uh, if it decreases at all, it's minor. There's actually a better chance of it going up than going down significantly. Uh, so that's that's not it. The, the potential of an upcoming recession is talked about all the time. And most who know our area have said that in McKinney, Texas, because of the growth that we've seen in McKinney and continue to see the jobs that are here, that even if there is a recession in our country, it's not going to affect our area significantly. And so the EC has said, hey, there's there's a better chance of the chiller going out and us having to rent this other vehicle to bring it in, to have a patchwork done, and to, that, that, that we believe, okay, we're in a great financial position right now to have this conversation as a church. We're in a healthy place as a church. Uh, let's not let fear drive us. Let's let our faith drive us as looking as wisely as we can at the situation and jump in. And so what we understand if people are looking at those things, we've looked at those things. Uh, the, the leaders are over us looking at those things and are saying, hey, I, we think this is a good time to jump in. And, and, I want to talk about fasting, but before we do, there's lots of good things too. Yes, about this, and and I love when Grant comes up uh, in the two or three times I've heard him talk about this, and he's excited about the kids that will come to 
faith because of this building. Amen. That the high school kids and the middle school kids from Fabian and McKinney High, and there's mm-hmm. more high schools than that, CCA, others, um, Boyd, but as they, McKinney High specifically, if you've, I've got kids there, as they leave, they drive by our campus yep. and they'll see that construction. And it becomes a, a witnessing tool, as we talked about at the first of this, you know, telling other people about Jesus. It becomes an opportunity to do that. But then also the construction allows um, a better entrance for our guests, yeah. um, all those kind of things. So there's some incredibly, so we hope in the coming weeks you come and hear the positives about that. Absolutely. Um, Enjoy the moment with us. what's bad about our campus, and we got to change that, but more what God can use it, this campus for and, and, and how he can bless that too. So good. But I do, uh, before we wrap up, you challenged us to fast at the end of this. Talk a little bit in this. Again, thank you for hanging with us in this time. But um, talk a little bit about fasting and why now. Uh, I know on the church calendar, global church calendar, um, there's kind of a Lent season coming up, and we're even, you know, we're going to stop Ash Wednesday. So why now? Why why yeah. now? Here's why. Uh, we were already planning a fasting season during Lent, which we've done in the past. We did last year for us as a church, and, and there's been some neat stories that have come out of that. We're actually going to share one of those stories with you through digital means. Uh, just incredible young couple that God used the fasting time in a significant way in their life this last year. So we were already planning it during Lent. And then when we had this conversation and it fell on the calendar, we need to have this conversation now. When we ask, okay, what is it we're really asking the church to do? Uh, we, we looked hard at what that is and we said, Hey, really what we're asking our church to do is we, we want a hundred percent of our people to pray and obey God. And the response to that time of prayer to ask God, Hey, uh, have a personal encounter with God as it relates to your giving and say, God, what would it look like for me to invest in these relationships, these churches and this environment, uh, it, in our church. And so that's our ask. If you're a guest of that, that's, we're not asking you to do that. Maybe you do need to have this conversation with God related to your just stewardship in general. And so I think it can be still a very fruitful, but hundred percent of our church engaged members in our church pray and obey. And so we then realized, wait a second. I mean, Ash Wednesday is going to be just a few days before our commitment Sunday. We're going to already be invited. So let's, let's, have our time of fasting leading up to Ash Wednesday. And fasting is proven so true in so many people's lives. Uh, in my life, I have story after story. One of them is uh, praying over God's direction for my wife. I wanted to marry Rebecca, and I was asking for God to, to give. And then I had a friend ask me, have you actually spent time fasting over that? And I was like, no. And so I took a prayer and fasting retreat, and God just, I mean, just as clear as it could possibly have been. You've heard some of the story, right? Um, Yeah, just said, not only Rebecca had forgotten her name was biblical. I mean, it just, it it just. You had forgotten her name or forgotten her Ah. name was biblical? (laughs) The second one. Yeah. so, um, and that's, that's a whole nother story for me to share another time. So we do, and, and it's, it's one of the tools that God has given his followers. In fact, as Jesus assumed his followers would do this to, to hear and to uh, just amplify our time of prayer. So we're inviting you to pray. And there's, there's, there's fasting resources that are online. Firstmckinney.com forward slash multiply has a lot of information on what we're talking about here. And so let me interrupt you. That, that site he just mentioned, firstmckinney.com slash multiply, it has things about we're talking about multiply that's where you were going there's also a special section about fasting yes and to 
you haven't said this, but if you've never fasted, it's doing without something yeah. and using that as a motivation to get you to pray, to focus on Jesus. Yes. It's not a correct definition there, but that, that would get you going. So that could be doing without some media. Uh, doing without TV for a certain amount of time. That's right. Uh, it could be a total fast. Um, we recommend the Daniel fast mm-hmm. uh, if you're going to do food or beverage or something like that. And one of the reasons we're about to jump into Daniel after we finish Mark, uh, and we did it several years ago, and it's, it's a, just a, a, if you've never looked at potentially fasting that way, that's a cool way. But there's some helps to get you started along that way. And uh, we're recording this earlier in the week, uh, but again, that would start... Um, February Thursday. Thursday, February 2nd. Mm-hmm. And if you listen to this later and still want to start, jump in. That's right. Don't say, oh, I missed the 21 days. Do an 18-day fast and and celebrate it with us on that Ash Wednesday as we come together and see what God has done in this 21 days. Again, I think the goal is not about a building, which we want to reiterate. It's about everyone being all in to come to God to have that moment, that experience with God. Absolutely. And and I do believe in my life as I'm walking through it with my wife, God's growing me as a follower of Christ. And we're praying for that to be true of all of us, that we would be good soil, right? The seed that falls on our lives, that we would be good soil that would multiply, right? That we would produce fruit that, that would, would last. And I think sometimes that involves weeding out some of the distractions. And so this is a, a, a way that God invites us into it. And I'm even, uh, we haven't talked about this ahead of time. I'm going to fast during this time. I'm probably doing a media fast. There's a particular radio station I listen to. Uh, I'm a P1 and we'll leave it at that. I thought you were about to say you're fasting from podcasts. No, 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 no not from podcasts. <laughs> But uh, I'll fast from that. But then during Lent, I'm actually going to add something rather than take something away and use that thing that I add, which will be an evening walk. That's what I'm going to try to do and spend some time praying during Lent. So even planning ahead, mm-hmm. that's I'm going to. My sister does that. That's uh, nice. She adds something rather than take something away. So that's what I'm going to try to do, just as I plan ahead, kind of my calendar and going mm-hmm. into, into Easter. That's so. cool. Really cool. Well, thank you all for for joining us uh, for a different kind of podcast and it will be a little bit over the next four weeks because we anticipate more questions and we want to answer questions related to the text to dive deeper and then also for those of you part of our church if you want to ask questions about the multiply project um thank you uh next week feeding a four and five thousand it's an incredible story that we see see almost parallel in back-to-back Actually, it's one chapter removed from each other in in Mark. And so we're going to look at it. I don't miss it. We're going to see a a leader that's a need meter in our Savior. And again, if you want to like, subscribe, review, um, all the things I said at the first, text those questions. And we would love specific questions you might have about this project or even, as always, about the scriptures we discuss. He's already told you ahead of time what we're looking at next week, so you can send those in. But text question 96123. If you want the sermons or anything with Multiply, firstmckinney.com slash on demand. And sorry, for anything with Multiply, firstmckinney.com slash Multiply. Again, thanks for listening today, and we hope you have a great day. Thank you for joining us this week on Q&A at Deeper Dive. We hope you'll like, subscribe, and share this podcast along with others. You can submit your questions by texting QUESTION to 96123, and we'll discuss those each week. Again, thank you for joining us.